Welcome to Legends of Greyskull, the podcast that dives deep into the mythology of Masters of the Universe, with your hosts, Matthew Dooch and Sean Scavana. News, reviews, remasterings, and more are just ahead on Legends of Greyskull. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 99 of Legends of Greyskull. The fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, Shira, Eternia, Ethereum, Nordal, Primus, No Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, UK Annuals, Comics, Mini Comics, anything and everything you can think of. Shira, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power! I have a tell logo down the I'm Matthew Dooch. Here again with Sean Skavarna. Sean. Was that longer than last week on the power? No, it was about the same, only I realized I needed a shower. <laughs> I got a little bit of a of a feedback on that. <laughs> That's not my personal goal, to get that hell longer every time. Sean, take a shower before you have a podcast. It'll save lives. <laughs> so what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, I mean... It, what's that phrase? You could complain, but no one will listen. But I honestly, it's not so bad. How about you? It's it's been a minute. It's been a minute. We've so, been. It's been a rough time, but we're back. Yep, doing what we love, and uh, we delayed a week here just so that we could get into Masterverse issue one, available now yeah. at comic book shops. Well, some, I guess. <laughs> I I know my comic book shop locally because of uh, Jesse last night taking a photo and letting us go. Oh, it's on the shelf. They have it. Yeah. Unfortunately, where Matt is, not so much. Well, they they had it. I will say that he he said that they did have copies. Oh, okay. It just okay. sold out already. Which, We'll get into the review of the comic at the end, guys. Stay all the way to the end. We're going to keep it spoiler-free, but we can talk about this a little bit right now. So I did end up having to go digitally. I will get the physical book eventually. But I went digitally today just so I we could talk about it. But yeah, I got to my local comic shop, and I, asked, I looked at the rack first. Nothing was there. Um, and so I asked him, I'm like, did you get it in? And he said, yeah, but it sold out basically on open. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm bummed. I couldn't pick up a physical copy today, but at the same time, it is kind of that. Hey, a Masters of the Universe book sold out. Yeah, on release day. Yeah, know? but it stinks because you know back when we were growing, comics were everywhere. I rarely got comics at a comic book shop. Before I was a teenager and could drive myself. Mm. Before that, it was it was Seven Elevens, Barnes and Noble, Borders. You know, mm. I, I, they were just everywhere. You know, you had the you had the convenience stores with the magazine racks, and the whole box was always comics. And you'd go mm. in and you'd see, you know, that holographic Spider-Man fighting a billion D clones. You know. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, I, the old spinner racks. Yeah, the spinner racks were, I, I mean, that, that squeal was one of the, the, the you know, like, they always have that Pavlov uh, thing when you hear or see certain things. 
And like that spinner rack squeal was huge when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, you go into 7-Eleven. For me, it was you went into 7-Eleven. My mom usually would let me leave with a couple comic books because she knew that would be at least a couple days worth of me looking through something and getting yeah. excited. And I'd at least get a Slurpee. And back then they had the Marvel characters on them. So like they, right on my Slurpee, nice. there's Spider-Man, Cap, and Hulk looking yeah. at me while I'm reading about them or looking at the p- pictures at least. So yeah, well, and, I, and it actually, I've been looking for a spinner rack. Like, I really want to get one for the basement here mm-hmm. to just put some comic books in. Sure, um, I've been I've been watching Facebook Marketplace, so I'm hoping one pops up for a reasonable price one of these days. That'd, that'd be cool. Really, that'd be really cool. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I remember a road trip with my dad, and we'd stop at a gas station, and he's you know grab like a dozen same thing like we got we were traveling he was moving from michigan to arizona and i was with him and he's, he's you know same thing he's like, well we got thousands of miles to go yep. so grab a bunch of comics yeah i used to ride my bike to the local gas station with my pocket change and it's just along with the toys it's like Everyone's like, why don't kids get into this stuff like they used to? It's like, well, is it really accessible for them? Yeah. I mean, honestly. Yeah, I, I mean, go ahead. I was just going to say, when, when I was a kid, traveling across town was impossible. If those comic books weren't at my corner gas station, I would have never gotten them. You know? Mm-hmm. Same thing with the toys. You know, you went down the aisle. Nowadays, half this stuff doesn't even show up in the aisle. Yeah. You know, even for the going back to Masterverse issue one today. All right. I still grab the digital and everything. But say just a teenager walks in there this afternoon. Oh, new comic book day. Let's see what's out. Mm -hmm. He's not going to see it. Yeah. That, That amazing cover is not going to draw them in and go, what's this? Oh, and it's an issue one. Yeah. You know? Granted, I don't... I'll say it for... I don't know if this is a great... Masterverse itself is a great entryway, but still, on the grand scheme of things, everyone sits there and goes, something's wrong with these kids nowadays. They don't get into this stuff like we used to. And, and of course, the caveat always comes, because I'll say, you know, hey, my kids are into this. Well, that's because mm-hmm. you introduce it to them. Well, I have to. Mm-hmm. nowadays they yeah. can't just go wander that by themselves and see this stuff yeah uh, like i mean for me there was a point where i would tell my kids hey let's go to the comic shop and it it was pretty much you know 75 25 chance of 75 percent. yeah let's go 25 percent, eh. and as they've gotten older it's gotten harder for me to get them to go to the comic shop and it's like a lot of that stuff it's almost too much because it's in a concentrated place yeah and it's like you know to go to the comic shop then there's a schedule of we got to get out there and it's no fault of the of the stores but, but like ever since covid and the quarantine stuff places have not kept the hours that you're used to. And then like, there were a few times I'd show up going, okay, it's a Sunday. I'm going to take them to the comic shop just to pick up a couple things and this and that. And I'd show up and they're closed because their hours changed. And I just got to the point of like, 
number one, I didn't have the disposable income as much last year. And number two, I was just like, I don't know when they're open. And when they're open, I'm usually needing to hunker down and get stuff done because I got to pick up my kids in a couple hours. Right. So that was a little more difficult. But for my kids, at least, their dosage of, of finding these things is more, uh, uh, unfortunately, it's more based on streaming services now. And, you know, like we, we can't get out to the comic shop, but they know who the Teen Titans are. They know who Superman is. They know who Batman is. My daughter and I just recently watched uh, Battle of the Super Sons uh, on HBO Max. And and I was really surprised. She got really excited to watch it with me because she she was like, oh, it's a new movie. We haven't seen this yet. Damien's still Robin. And I'm like, and then you're going to meet John Kent. Yeah, I know you're not big on, on Damien Robin. <laughs> but, oh, but she like John. Damien can suck a fart. Uh, well, <laughs> that's the episode 99, Suck a Fart. <laughs> that's a spoiler for later, unfortunately, folks. But uh, well, Now it is. It, now it is, yeah. <laughs> um, I spoiled that for Matt earlier, so he it's did. just the... All my joy. It's, it's a suck a fart kind of day. Um, <laughs> but, but no, like, when I was a kid, 7-Eleven or, like, over at the mall, B. B Dalton Bookstore and, uh, and Walden Books and stuff, they always had the spinner racks. I mean, if it wasn't for uh, Walden Books, I wouldn't have gotten back into X-Men when I was, uh, when I was a kid in the 90s. Because that was the, that I was I was literally the spinner rack, just you know checking out what was there. And Uncanny X Men two seventy nine, I think it was or two seventy eight. Colossus is about to punch Professor X right in the face on the cover, and I'm like, I have to get this issue. That's my boy. Why is he keep trying to kill Professor X? I was completely lost, so of course I bought it, and then it got me all down the rabbit hole again. But it, the accessibility was there back in those days. At two seventy nine, absolutely. Yeah, two seventy nine. The Muir Island Saga. Colossus about the pummel professor. Because you demanded it, Colossus yeah. is back. So Colossus Sean literally felt like me. They me? listened to me. Well, I, li- I back in those days, and, and and what was funny was like in those days, I didn't read comics that much. But when they said because you demanded it, Colossus, I'm like, well, of course I did. That's I my favorite X Men. And then the thing that got me was it got me really into X Men. And then the next year was when we found out that Superman can die and the death of Superman run hit. And then I felt like a complete jerk because my absolute favorite superhero dies while I'm in the middle of having the biggest love affair with X Men comic books that I ever knew. So, <laughs> oh. you did it. I did. I, I, back, I, but it was at the expense of Superman. I was, I was like the Flash. I'm messing up realities left and right because one thing distracts me. The next thing I know, oh my God, the butterfly effect just happened. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Ezra Mocha. <laughs> Ezra Mocha Frappe. <laughs> the views of Sean Scavarna do not necessarily reflect the views of Legends of Grace School Podcast and its subsidiaries. <laughs> Since you brought it up. Yeah. Second the Flash. Or what? The Flash. Ezra oh. Miller. Okay. Now, I haven't watched the full trailer. I okay. saw the Super Bowl teaser. Yeah. You know, like the short Super Bowl ad. Have you watched the full trailer? I, I watched the trailer on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Well, now, what I noticed... Well, number one, it was an amazingly coordinated event, which I guess isn't that spectacular in this day and age because you can set like 
dates and times and auto uh, mail and everything. But mm-hmm. like, so the the Super Bowl was playing. Excellent Super Bowl, by the way. One of the best in recent memory. Sean's falling asleep right now. Sports ball. Sports ball. <laughs> yes. We, God, I need to get some guys who know sports on this show. Um, but no, it's a great Super Bowl, honestly. I One of the best I can remember. Questionable call at the end, but, you know, whatever. But the, tr- the, the trailer came on during the commercials, and the second yeah. it ended, I get an email on my phone saying, the Flash trailer now available. Check it out. Follow the link mm-hmm. and everything. So, like... I've just I've never noticed anything that coordinated before. Mm-hmm. So hats off to WB for that. But what I noticed is I would say a good eighty-five percent of that teaser trailer during the Super Bowl was all Michael Keaton. Well, sure. <laughs> I mean, but I like- mean. You what? shelve Batgirl, which yeah. also had Keaton in it. True. Along with Brendan Fraser, who the world needs more of right now. Mm-hmm. Ezra's gone through all this criminal stuff. Yeah. And you're still going to release this movie, but there's obviously a huge pivot where they're like, well, release the teaser, but make sure it's all Batman. Yeah. So I'm curious. I'm not going to watch the full trailer because I'm not that type of guy. But so 85% is my estimate for the teaser. How do you feel about the trailer? How much of that is featuring bats? It's it's not as much as the teaser. The teaser must have... I didn't see the teaser. I just watched the full trailer. And I'd say halfway through the trailer is when you finally have the the Michael Keaton part kick in and they only have them in a couple places, but I mean, you have that everybody's seeing it online that yeah. here's the close up of him, right? When he does the, yeah, that's right. I'm Batman. And then it's like, okay, that's great. Right. But I think he's in one other part in the trailer where he's, he's got his hands up. And he says, this is the part where we don't die or something like that. And he's going to yeah, hit a button bad. to, you know, I so, there was one of him like gliding or something or jumping off. Yeah. He, he, he jumped off uh, like right after that part, they had him like doing the glide, like in Batman returns and whatnot. Yeah. And there's then the, big, I, there's a big Batmobile focus, which Batmobile. The, and they, they had the, uh, the motorcycle from dark Knight rise or dark Knight, not dark Knight rises. Yeah. When he was chasing down Joker in that one scene, but then there's people who are like, "Well, there's no way that's going to be Christian Bale. That's probably going to be Batfleck riding on that one because Ben Affleck already was alluded in the trailer." I, I here, here's well, the that, thing about that movie for me. Real quick, real quick, before you get to the thing about the movie, because this, this is where I was leading. Okay. So they also have, at least in the teaser, they had that scene where they showed all the different bat suits. There was like six of them. Yeah. They, I don't know if you saw that picture. I've but, seen it, but I don't remember it in the trail, but I, I have okay. seen it, yeah. Do you think he's showing off bad suits? Or is this a No Way Home? I guess, do you think I, they're trying to say Keaton was all those... Like, that? that is Keaton's Batman. Mm-hmm. 
was from 89 Returns Forever and and Robin. Oh. Or do you think they're um, actually pulling in Val and Clooney and, like you said, Christian Bale yeah. and Batflick? Are we going to see the army of Batman? I don't know. I, I didn't actually even think of that because... For me, at least, it's like, it's actually impressive. I know he's been in the movie. Like, I know the casting was already out there that, yes, Michael Keaton is back and all this stuff. Right. But to me, it's still like, it's amazing he's even in this because, number one, he's he's old enough that if he was still Batman, I'd call it elder abuse, just like Indiana Jones running around right now. You know, like, he's what? younger than Harrison Ford. But he's definitely not a spring chicken either anymore. No. Um, but it would be interesting if they if they did that and almost did like a well, he did those adventures, but they turn it on its head and say, but that was almost like the media's way of viewing that adventure versus it being this right. is how it really happened because his version would not have been the bright colored version that we saw in both of those movies that Schumacher did. Yeah. Um, and I just know one person, at least I saw it online, pointed out that one of those has like the blue, the blue and gray. That, yeah, he had when he, when, when he, I think it was the Mr. Freeze one and Robin. He mm-hmm. had like that blue, blue suit, basically. Okay. And okay. someone pointed out that it looks like that. So I would just, that's what led my mind to like, like I could easily see them going like, yeah, that was just that Batman. Like those four movies are all keyed in now. It, or it, I could also see them pulling the, hey, here's here's Val Kilmer, and here like they pull in this whole army of Batman to save the train wreck that is Ezra Miller. <laughs> I'd say, I don't know, like uh, Val Kilmer, he, he did he did a cameo in Maverick, from what I heard. I I still have yet to see that movie. But he hasn't been doing much, so I don't. I don't even know if that he'd probably just show up and just stand there because I know, like vocally, he yeah, can't do it. And I could. Have to dub him. It's like, can you picture Clooney even giving them the time of day since he's the one where it was like he flat out's been saying for decades, "It's my fault." Up until Nolan rebooted everything and started his own version. So it's like, I can't really picture Clooney really having that kind of, oh, I'd like to come back and play it one more time. Cause he's just like, no, I effed it up the it, first time. It I'm could done. be that redemption thing, though. It, well, I mean, they, where he's like, yeah, I know I, yes, I will do this cameo. Yeah. So, and actually take it seriously this time mm-hmm. in order to try and mend some fences. Yeah. I, also, I, I didn't It'd also even be think fun of that, if, he, if they just had a scene where, like, they're calling in all these different Batman, and they just show him like dressed up as Bruce Wayne. He's like, "Nah, I'm not going to do that." <laughs> That'd be hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> not this time, kids. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Fool me once, shame on me. You know. <laughs> That'd be a great, uh... like, That'd be a great Deadpool-esque moment. Oh, like my God. When he, that would be when he shoots Ryan Reynolds when he's reading the script for Green Lantern. Like, <laughs> yeah. Kind of meta. Big fan. Thanks. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, for me at least, like, there's a part of me that wants to see it just out of sheer curiosity of what is going to happen. Yeah. I'm not owned to the DC universe in any way, shape or form. It, like even the stuff that I've liked, 
I've kind of distanced myself from loving to the point where if they change it, it's something that'll wreck my life because it's all characters that I'm not really in deep with. I mean, Wonder Woman is, is fine and all that stuff, but I've never been a huge Aquaman guy. I've never been a huge Shazam guy. I appreciate them. Well, I, but I, I appreciate them. And that's actually, I, I agree with you. It's, it's definitely the most fun that DC has been in the, uh, in the movies since they did the whole man of steel since then the Snyderverse stuff. But there is that part of me where I'm just, I don't know if I really want to support the movie based on the person that's the star of the movie. And it's not so much like a, a woke thing or any of that. It's just mostly, do you really want to give the guy who already has a bunch of crap going on in his own life, more money to possibly let him go even crazier and do even create, I mean, that guy's already done some stuff where I'm like, why, what are you doing? And to think, yeah, if you support this movie, you're giving him more money in order to make crazier decisions with his own life. I don't know if that's the smartest idea. And it's like, would I want to see Michael Keaton again? Sure. Yes. You know, I, I would absolutely love to see what they do with him. He's the biggest draw of the movie more than anything they showed in that preview. Like Zod coming back, Kay didn't really. It's like that's connecting something I don't like anyway. So Michael Keaton, at least, there's the nostalgia, and you know, like he wasn't necessarily my my definitive Batman even now. No, but I do feel that, like, man, I feel like a kid again with him suiting up again. You know, and Kevin Conroy, absolutely, defender Batman, but- absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree, and it's it's just it's crazy, and yeah, whatever he's trying to do now with whatever he's trans or what, I don't even know. It's all deflection. I mean, this guy is facing criminal charges, and it just it's so weird in this day and age that they're still pushing ahead with this. When you know, case in point, we were talking about offline or off the show, you know, Danny Masterson. Yeah. There were rumors of misconduct and he got fired from the ranch Mm -hmm. and he has yet to appear in anything since then, even though he has never been found guilty of any charges in the five years now, since those rumors started, Mm -hmm. but we're going to push out this huge, big budget flagship, this is what revitalizes the whole DC universe cinematically with a criminal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just insane. And you know they know it, too, because, like I said, everything is about Keaton Batman. Yeah. Hey, come see Michael Keaton. Come see Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. The, the one review I, I was listening to about the trailer... Uh, and I, I agree with it. I mean, honestly, like, you know, Marvel Marvel usually has something around the corner every time DC starts putting something out there because it's that whole, oh, you, it's like, yeah, DC, you think you got something? Well, here's this. And guess what? We know the people love this. And this is one of the few times where they put out the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer. Right. And that didn't do as much. It, you know, it didn't have nearly the amount of traction compared to this because this is the first time we're finally getting like there is that part of me somebody somebody recently was asking about this 
like, okay, we got Keaton back. And if, uh, if Chris Reeve was still alive, what are the chances we would have seen? And it's like, don't make me, you know, like, don't, don't make me wish for something I, I can't have. You know, like there's that part of me that I'm like, how amazing would this have been to finally have the two of them in the same movie? That would have trumped everything with Ezra Miller for me. I would have been like, I'm showing up because we got a freaking Batman Superman team up if, 19, yeah. you know, 1995 or whenever he had the accident didn't happen and he was still willing to be super. He could be like Kingdom Come Superman walking into that movie. But unfortunately, that's not something we can talk about. We just have Keaton. Yeah. But still, that's that's even, enough to make you go like. Even with the the accident, he would have been in something by now. Crisis on Infinite Earths would have had a ball with him. I mean, the Smallville. Smallville brought him in in two or three episodes, you know. Oh, we lost Sean's audio. Hang on, folks. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Sean's audio is good. Apparently, Warner Brothers doesn't want us talking about Ezra Miller anymore. So, yeah, I will see it. I will not pay for it. So, that's what we're yeah, if it shows up on HBO Max, I'll watch it there probably. I don't yep. see myself going to the theater right now. Nope. Sean, <laughs> you had something you wanted to show off before we get uh, into other stuff. So it's not Masters of the Universe, but it, in my opinion, it's He-Man adjacent because this is this is where I went as, um, you know, pretty much once puberty and a little before puberty um, in the last week i ended up oh nice getting the mezco conan the conqueror and i haven't opened it yet at all so that's next on my to-do list when i have some free time at night because there's so many little pieces mm-hmm. but um it's got some gorgeous frank frazetta artwork two different pieces and uh these were both on uh i i got a lot of the paperback books yeah. that he uh he contributed the covers to when i was a kid so like these really, really blew my mind. And it's like when you look at the Masters of the Universe packaging, the way Rudy Obrero would do the art, especially oh, yeah. man did it really use this as inspiration. So um it's funny. Um uh obviously friend of the show, Jesse uh, Jesse Arnold on his uh just shelve it show. I was listening to it yesterday. And um, his co-host Curtis went on a tear about how he didn't like Frank Rosetta, and my jaw was literally hitting the floor. And every other thing he kept saying made me go, "Stop rubbing yourself in honey and jumping into the bear cave! What are you doing? Like, stop talking! Just stop talking!" <laughs> so it was it, I was having a moment yesterday with that because to me it's like you know without Frank Rosetta a lot of the stuff that we love, especially masters probably wouldn't be what it is because they really did look at what he did on those paperback, uh, Conan's and, and he even worked on like John Carter, Mars, Tarzan. And it's like, you look at that stuff and he painted these, they weren't detailed. They let your mind fill in the gaps, but they're gorgeous pieces. And, I don't think anybody before him was really attempting to create those fantasy worlds and those scenes the way that he was. So, yeah, it, it was like mind blowing to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Yeah, it's... I mean, I won't say I dislike Frazetta, but I'm also not in love with Frazetta. Mm-hmm. Like, I get what he went for, and I like looking at them, but I can't say I've ever had a desire to, like, own a piece of his or anything. Or even, like, they're doing the Death Dealer now, which is yeah. fully his, from what I understand. Yep. So, I kind I kind of get it. Like, obviously, he laid the groundwork for mm-hmm. a lot of stuff to come, but I don't know. It's pretty to look at, but I don't give it much thought beyond that myself. So gotcha. maybe that's sacrilegious too. Yeah, I, for as they said, even on the show, then when I was listening to it, you know, art is all subjective and everything. Yeah. And I'm I'm not here to tell somebody they're wrong. But I, Curtis, out of anybody, was like it was mind blowing with how staunch he is on his opinions. But yeah. then he just like keeps doubling down on. I, I don't get it. I want clean lines. I want this. And I'm like, you realize we're talking about like fantasy barbarian pieces of artwork. How much clean lines are you going to get on that piece necessarily? <laughs> so, I, I, would but, say, I would say maybe it was more of an artistic thing, but Curtis is pretty artistic himself. Yeah. And that's, so. that's part of why I'm like, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's like finding out, you know, like it's it's like finding out somebody that you thought would be one way is like a whole different yeah. way about something that is is kind of as an artist. I guess there is like a sacredness of certain artists are revered right. for their contributions or whatever. And for me, it's like I grew up with more Boris Viejo as as like the fantasy artist. But then I went more towards Frazetta as I've gotten older because for me, it's like, I love that he doesn't give you everything. It almost feels, the best way I can describe it really quick is it feels like you are literally looking at a photograph of that time and it won't fill in all those details. You're going to have to have your mind create some of that. But there is a story that's being told in that image. And it's an important story. That's why it's captured that way. So that's definitely... uh, a huge point of why I like him quite, quite, uh, you know, more than some of the other artists, but the Rio Brero, he knocked it out of the park with trans translating what he did to create like the battle Ram artwork, the castle, uh, gray skull artwork and stuff. And as a kid, that was what made me just hook, line and sinker into masters. Cause I'm like, what's in the darkness? What's he man going to fight in the wind Raider today? You know, all that, the battle cat artwork. There's more than one. Holy crap. That's awesome. You know, these battle cats everywhere. So that must make CGS Skeletor sore as hell because he wants a battle cat for his birthday. I mean, geez, poor guy can't get a break. (laughs) Well, he's, he's the only, he's the only Skeletor to not have a cat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very true. All right. I have an email somewhere. Not that email. The other email. Tony Moore. Guard. If the heman.org forums ever come back. Uh, dear Matt and Sean, <laughs> as I write this, it is February 5th, and I just got to listen to the podcast yesterday. All I can say is thank you so very much for doing this for me. Yeah, I never doubted that you would. 
your remastering of a beastly sideshow far exceeded my expectations. The way you made the sideshow so much more prominent was absolutely brilliant. It corrected a story flaw that I did not know was there. I, I didn't either till we started going into it. <laughs> I never thought of it, but I guess the human electrode was one of Skeletor's henchmen as well. Going as far to even give the episode a better moral. Wow. Looking after your pet would have been a much, much better moral for the show, and that is another flaw I did not see. Excellent work remastering that. Pretty Kitty is one of my favorite one-time appearance characters, so the fact she just disappears after Beastman reveals himself with no mention of what happens to her is what irritated me about this episode. Me as well. Same here. I absolutely love how you worked with her. Having her talk would have been great. I absolutely love the idea that she was rescued and the other animals too. It was awesome. I love the idea of the episode ending with Cringer and Pretty Kitty going on an actual date. That would have been such a perfect ending. <laughs> Worth not having Battle Cat make an appearance to get. Bravo, gentlemen. Bravo. Wow. Your very grateful listener, Tony Simbasgard Moore. Yes. Once I see season four of CGI He-Man, I will go back and listen to the rest of this episode. Thank you so much for dealing with the spoiler material the way you did. Mm. And thank you, Tony. We appreciate it. And I, I'm glad people like that format where we leave all the spoiler stuff at the end. Yep. We're going to do that today, too, for Masterverse issue one. We'll let mm. you guys know when to turn it off if you want to say spoiler free. That way you don't miss anything. Because I know yeah. I listen to shows myself where they'll just jump into spoiler stuff like in the middle of the episode, and I'm like, uh, skip five minutes. No, that still sounds like it's probably spoiler. <laughs> five, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's a pain. So, well, you, <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate your kind thoughts, and I thought that was one of our better remasterings myself. Mm. Yeah, I, I was joking that uh, Matt was going to read it and just go, you've lost a listener screw you guys and it turned out that was that was one of the nicest uh emails and responses back to something we did on the show so thank you tony that was that was really really it made my day to know that that we treated the episode that you love so much in a way that you see it now as better that's the whole point of remastering something and i kind of wish we would have had that episode i wanted to see the cringer moral at the end doing the you know, treating your pets kindly and being responsible and how you, how you take care of them and stuff like that. That would have been an amazing moral. So, yep. That would have been a great episode. Yeah. We do appreciate it. All right. We have also been requested to <laughs> talk about some toys. Yeah. You have some pictures revealed this morning of some. I will bring those up in a minute. But first, there are still some. That were listed that we don't have. So deepdiscount.com. Most people know this as a place to get a cheap CGI Castle Grayskull. Yeah. Um, which they are up again now. forty six twenty nine. Uh, I got one myself. I haven't opened it yet. But yeah. Under 50 bucks for that CGI Castle Grayskull playset. You can't beat it. We The mm. box got delivered yesterday. It came in the mailer box. I mean, that thing is, it's bigger than the Origins box and a ton heavier. 
And I know it's got electronics in it, but I even I was still surprised about how heavy it is. Because like the 2000 X Grayskull has electronics in it, and it's not this heavy. So mm-hmm. I think this thing's going to be really well done when I pull it out and put it together. Yeah, I'm looking forward to mine. It's actually going to be my son's, but it'll be down here with yeah. my stuff. So I'm going to definitely tinker with it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that my kids will claim it, and that's that's what it's for. You know, I got mm-hmm. them the Origins Grayskull so they could play with that and leave my classics with a little less wear and tear. And I'm sure they're going to eat this one up too. Mm-hmm. But anywho. Deep Discount also listed a bunch of figures with no artwork. So, uh, let's see what we got here. We've got Masters of the Universe, Masterverse, Grizzlor. I'm hoping that'll be New Eternia. That they'll, they'll bump him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Masters of the Universe, Deluxe Figure for He-Man. Which might be. I know it's already out, but would that be Thunder Punch? Because in Origins they had Battle Armor, yeah, Flying Fist. Did they have another one? Did they so do no, Flying Fist? Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I haven't it, been keeping up on that nearly as well as other. I I would guess it has to be Thunder Punch, and Snake Armor just came out. But that wasn't too. a deluxe figure. No, but I'm I'm just thinking of the variations yeah, yeah. Of, of He-Man. But yeah, I'd imagine it would be Thunder Punch then. Then there's get because there's th- there's Thunder Punch, Battle Armor, and Flying Fist that were deluxe so far. Mm-hmm. So that's only three, so that would make this a new one. I can't think of what it would be then. For very, I mean, at light. Oh crap! Are they even? I guess they would go there eventually. And it would have, that one would have to be a deluxe, even if they don't include the light up function, like that. Just what they make deluxe in this line would have to be. Yeah, you know, it'd have to be a deluxe. Uh, Masters of the Universe Origins figure fourteen. Your guess is as good as ours, folks. Figure 16. <laughs> Same answer. <laughs> uh, figure 15. Gwildor. I'm just going to say Gwildor. Uh, just because. Merman. That's a uh, Masterverse. Oh, Master. So maybe could he's be, a new Eternia. Could be new Eternia or could be... The classic the old school looking. Look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I'd rather go that route. I, I was I was not a big fan of how they made him in Revelation to begin with, so having a like an old school looking merman would be more my preference in that line. Uh then we got Masterverse Ram Man. That should be, be a one. He's gonna, gonna be, be a deluxe. <laughs> I bet it's gonna be New Eternia, probably mm-hmm. in that Beast Man size packaging. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Buzz Off for Masterverse as well. And he was in, Re- well, he wasn't specifically, but Andrenids were in Revelation. So we kind of have an idea what they probably look like if it's not a new Eternia version, that is. Yeah, I would, I would bet new Eternia on that. Just because 
that seems to be the hot thing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a Masterverse faker. Mm. Yeah, with no image. That's a new one. 6-1 of 23. So it probably will be a new attorney version since we already got a revelation version. Or maybe they're just doing the blue skin and just calling it a day. It's possible. I th- I just think new attorney is more likely. Yeah. And he probably will have the blue skin, but I can't see them just doing revelation faker with the blue skin, especially when he didn't appear that way. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And the other thing, uh, just to just to qualify some of this, is yeah, the new Eternia is what we're thinking might happen, but there's no guarantee this isn't another subline within that because they had True. we we've seen the the Shira packaging, yep. and they've they've alluded to other lines that haven't even been put out very much yet, so. Maybe these are the beginning of a different subset. Who knows? What if they continue the 40th anniversary and just do straight up Masterverse vintage recreations? Especially with that faker. I mean, that just literally the man they did in blue. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, that wouldn't surprise me because that's an easy one to get out there. Just like, I mean, Mondo just doing the anti-attorney He-Man right after the deluxe He-Man. You know, it's like, well, either you could go there or you do Faker. Boom. One way or the other, you've got a new figure that you can release. So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I I remember getting him earlier in the line than some of the other figures that were later on when I was a kid. Because we just found him in, like, uh, the five and dime. And my mom was like, I'll buy him for you because what the heck? Why is there a blue E-Man? It blew her mind enough yeah. that she let me get him that day because she's like, what's that all about? <laughs> so, and yeah. then he didn't even come with a mini comic that had anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I was still happy. It didn't matter. I was just like, I know, new toy, it, yay! <laughs> it's just weird because like a lot of the character, like you just have an evil witch. Oh, an evil witch. Let's mm-hmm. go. You know whatever but like blue he-man feels like it needs a story Mm -hmm. like why is there a blue he-man and Mm -hmm. he's the one that like did not come with a story yeah that that made him like the anti-attorney he-man of my childhood because it it had that what is his deal how does this work and you never had the answers you you got that one episode in filmation and that to me was not legit because he was not the toy. I wanted to see the blue and the and the red head and all that stuff, uh, red hair. Yeah. And and instead we just had here's he man with glowing eyes, which you know. But for for me at least, it was it was always like a, you know, like you you could really just go with your own head cannon and just pile it on him, and go crazy if you had him at least. So yeah be interesting can't wait to see those yeah uh, and then we do have let me switch over here there we go we did have some images leaked this morning i don't think they were leaked or officially released to be honest with you but they were out there yep uh and these four were also listed on deep discount still with no artwork but 
somebody got these from somewhere. So first up, we do have the Masters of the Universe Origins Slammerai, which mm-hmm. is the white repainted Ninjor. The yeah. Heroic Master of Martial Arts. I like him. He's my, he's what Cyclone is to you. And I know really? there's a reason. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I He's, the fact that he was a possibility, but they never got to him because the line ended. And as a kid, I, like, I never got into Ninjor because I didn't like that there wasn't another, like, how come Skeletor got Ninjor? And then he also got Jitsu. And there was no heroic martial artist for the for the heroes. So then if they would have brought him out, I would have been all over that because it would have reminded me of Storm Shadow. And I liked Storm Shadow a little more than Snake Eyes as a kid. So it was like the whole ipso facto, timey-wimey thing with that character. I, I got one in classics. And yeah. I, I love the fact that he finally came out. So the fact that they're doing it again in Origins, that's pretty cool. It looks cool. I won't get him. <laughs> uh next up we have 2000x King Randor. Mhm. This is an interesting one. Uh they really went to town there like new skirt, new upper torso. Yeah. But the, like it's a great representation of him, but at the same time it now doesn't look like an origins figure to me. Mhm. You know, because they've been so vintage inspired with the removable armor in the same torso. And you know what I mean? Like this one just feels so out of place. Let me look him up for a second here. I I made Sean look a little bit closer. I do appreciate the fact that they did a whole new head sculpt. He's got the the longerish hair, a little shaggier. And everything like they could have easily just thrown the first King Randor head on there. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, for our listeners, you know that we aren't the best when it comes to this stuff because we know the Origins line and the Masterverse line yep. is out there, and I, we know everybody's enjoying them, but we're kind of sitting back, still, you know, like okay, we, you know, some of this works, some of it doesn't. This is the one figure that made me jealous of origins for the very first time because when i started with classics i had no idea they went with snake armor he-man even like that was the that was the one where i'm like i want my traditional he-man i want traditional skeletor but oh my god snake armor he-man and then the line ends before we could get any further down into 2000x past a few points Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden origins is offering that and i'm sitting there going oh like it, now, I'm starting to feel like I'm missing the boat because Origins is doing what Classics never got to do. So, I, I do love that he is very much his own character, yep. and they made him. Uh, I mean, he looks like he does on the cartoon for the most mm-hmm. part. So it's like, geez, you know, they're they're doing some good stuff with that. But unfortunately, that's not the scale that I want for that version of him. So then there's that whole, well, I'm, I'm right. out of luck, but I love that he's out there for anybody who's like me that loves 2000 X and you can get that version now. Nope. Like I said, it's, it's a great representation of the yep. tune. I just feel he doesn't fit the aesthetic they've done thus far in origins. It just, mm-hmm. 
it's interesting that this is the figure that they're like, nah, let's let's throw that. I mean, we talked about how He-Man and Skeletor, even the 2000X, it's like, you guys were so close. Yeah, yeah. But the origin, sticking with the origins aesthetic meant that they feel a little off to us, mm-hmm. representation-wise. Now on King Randor, they did the opposite, where it's like, we're going to go straight 2000X. And it's it's just confusing to me why this figure, we went full force. Yeah. But He-Man and Skeletor, we held back a little bit. I think that's it's more jealousy, because if I'm going to pick up something, it's going to be He-Man and Skeletor. If they looked like this, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? If they were this good of a representation. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's where it is with me. I'm a little jealous that it's like He-Man and Skeletor, you just pulled up at the last minute. Absolutely. And Randor, you nailed the Death Star. And, and on top of that, it, like looking at that face sculpt, I think it's one of the better face sculpts just in the entire line. Yeah. It's, hey, it's not even just like, you know, oh, that's a good King Rit. No, that's a good face sculpt, which yep. I know um, for me, that's been a hit or miss thing with that line, it, watching it from afar. Like, yep. you know, the first He-Man, that was hit or miss. Then all of a sudden, Snake Armor He-Man has the vintage looking He-Man face, but the 2000X hair, right. which that looks that's like I mean. in a midlife crisis, in my opinion. <laughs> it did not look like how, you know, like a younger He-Man should look. And now they're doing this and it's like, well, they're boom you know why why does your chocolate taste good on my peanut butter kind of moment but yeah he looks good i'm glad they did him finally eternos palace randor is still my default king randor so the filmation one yeah okay filmation gotcha i have Uh, one that's like the traditional toy that's that's uh, for classics that's that's always my because def- he's got the battle armor, quote unquote, on. That was mine when I was a kid. So, yep. And then, last but not least, well, maybe least, let's be honest. We have actually, she's not last. We have Snake Tila. Yep. Which is not just a straight repaint of Tila, that is modified armor. She mm-hmm. has the shoulder pads that she had in 2000X and she did not have in the first Origins toy release. Yeah. I would also like to point out that those shoulder pads would look amazing for an Adora figure. Yeah, that one. See where they would do some reuse there. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I could see. I, I mean, again, it's one of those like they're under the snake men aesthetic. Though. That that's another thing that like what Randall I was going to bring that up at that. the end. Okay, sorry, but but no, um, you're good. Go for it. No, it, it is weird that Randor is one in the snake. I mean, Slammerai. They had him on the back of, of the uh, card art for the classics version where he was fighting the horde troopers who were the yeah. snake horde troopers. That like makes sense. That you know, and all, and all that. But like Randor being in there is a little like, what's that about? And I guess it might have been, hey, we can just put him in there. Let's do this. But it's like, what does that serve in the purpose of 
the greater scheme of that aesthetic or whatever. But well, honestly, like uh, real quick on the card back, I was going to bring that up too because in the vintage line, all of the Snake Men were on that Snake Men card back. Yeah. In this Origins line, they just transitioned where that first wave where Rattler came out, they used this card back and they've used it on every character that has yeah. come out since then. And it really bugs me too. It's like, is it, is it really that big of a production cost to switch back and forth? Mm. You know? The only other thing I can think of is maybe there's something on the back of the of his card that makes it that he's now in that wave. But it doesn't matter. Even the heroes who came out in the Snake Men wave and vintage had the regular card back. Okay. Only the Snake Men, literally the Snake Men, had that this card back that they're using for everybody now. Yeah. If they could do that in vintage, I can't believe they can't switch back and forth nowadays. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Gotcha. But yeah, Snake Tila, simple repaint. I don't know that we needed it, but she's here. They, um, with that new tooling, I have to assume that we're going to get a regular 2000X Tila mm-hmm. right around the corner. Like I said, possibly an Adora could also utilize that. Yeah. I, I mean, they they could even go and do like, okay, you know, we've already had Snake Teela in the 2000X line. We did Snake Man-at-Arms and Classics. They might even go full force and go, okay, here's Snake Mechanic now. And here's Snake. Yeah. And because, and I mean, they did it on the show. They might, yep. you know, it's like the whole, well, here, we're going to dig a little deeper to the stuff that we couldn't do the first time. But you know, even for me, it's like you're still doubling down on Snake Men. That's not helping me right now. Like, if I was a collector of the line, it would still make me go, I don't need to repaint Teela when I'd rather have other figures who aren't associated with the Snake Men if you're going to be going there, like Randor, the way he is. You know, give me more of that. Don't give me the Snake Men offshoot stuff constantly because that's it's still too much. That's me. That's, you know, I'm sure there's people out there thinking I'm an idiot for thinking that way, but it's just not my thing. (laughs) I wish they'd gone just a step further, like give it, I mean, they gave her the shoulder pads, give her the head with the longer hair, Mm -hmm. you know, and honestly, I would have painted the armor in the cartoon colors. You know, she had that teal, the teal accents and everything, Mm -hmm. but they might do that on the plain colored release. So, I don't know. It just, that that's definitely a filler figure of the wave mm-hmm. right there. Uh, and then I forgot about him completely, but we do yep. have the Snake Trooper as well, which is just a Horde Trooper painted black with a snake head. Yeah, which, for anybody who missed that exclusive, because that was a PowerCon exclusive, yep. and the last, was it the last PowerCon that was He-Man-centric? No, or maybe the second to last both, one. Yeah, it was at least the second because I went to the last one and okay. was, Origins was already out. Gotcha. All right. Over. So, so like for anybody who didn't get that set right there, you got it, and you're not going to be paying crazy bucks if you're already an Origins collector, wanted Slamurai, and you can get two of those, and you're paying still under what it would have been to get the three pack on on eBay after a PowerCon. Gotcha. Sorry, I got this straight. 
(laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, like for me, that would not like I wanted Slammer. I I did not care about the Horde Trooper snake people person. And that wasn't even like a snake man thing. That was just a, it's an army builder that I know I'm not going to worry about at all. So I just wanted the Slammer because that was just cool that they finally put them out. Yeah, to me, if you're going to do Snake Men Army Builders, you use the Snake Men, the Savage ones that we saw in all of 2000X, you know? Yeah. Like, that's that's what I want from a Snake Army Builder, personally. So, yeah. I mean, these are fine, I guess. Again, though, it's just... I guess King Randor really used up that budget this way. Because... <laughs> <laughs> you got two basic pop and swap, mostly repaints. And, you know, I mean, even Slammerai, he's literally Ninja in a different color scheme. Yep. Ah, it's, it's, it's a weird uh, uh, wave, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, the only one that I desperately have to get if I was an Origins person was Randor. Yeah. And it's like Slammerai. That version is the version I have on my shelf. I have the Cyclone head, mm-hmm. uh, the, the painted white and, uh, yep. and blue. That's more my speed, speed on them as well. well. So if, if they, they don't have an extra head in there, it's, it's like, like, all right. right. You know, that, that's, it's, it's good that he's out there, but he's not the version that I liked from the get go. So. Agreed. All right. All right. Toys, toys, toys. A good time to be an Origins fan. Yeah. So much for those rumors that the lines canceled like two months ago. <laughs> well, that's the, uh, the like the beauty of having a podcast. There will be people coming out of the woodwork going, is it really dead? One YouTube video. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how much that's going to matter to Mattel right now, but. It doesn't yeah. seem to be. They keep showing off wave after wave after wave. So yeah. now you're good for you're good for at least a few more waves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they've been so rapid fire with this line that I don't know if it's going to last five years like the original line did because it feels like they just keep hitting wave after wave after wave. But at yep. the same time, they also have the. Uh, they they're lucky because they have the history that wasn't there in the vintage line behind them now, so they can deep dive into some of the stuff that fans would be excited about, like Frogmonger and things like that. And it's like, you know, people are eating that up. And for me, it's like, well, that's cute. Okay, we <laughs> got that going on. All right, there's a frog dude. Hey, it's, it's not keeping the line us. going. <laughs> it's keeping the brand going. So yeah, keeping the brand going for that. All right, you've got some listener questions. Let's power through those. All right, so uh, Mike Ficklin, he reached out and he said, what's your gut feeling on why e-tailers like BBTS and uh, Entertainment Earth aren't getting the solicitations from Mattel on the latest waves of Origins and Masterverse yet? Haven't seen them posting anything new for pre-order in quite some time. Seems odd that they haven't gotten solicitations on Origins Wave 12 at this point, especially. Well, if I think, if I recall correctly, Wave 12 is the one that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Which the picture. I'm not sure. Literally, ju- I know I lose track of which number it, they are, it, but I'm, I'm 99% sure that that's supposed to be Wave 12 is the one we just talked about. Mm-hmm. 
which the pictures just released this morning. Yeah. And I know they've done it before where they've, they've listed them without pictures, but Big Bad Toy Store Entertainment Earth usually wait until they can at least put pictures with their solicitation. So I don't follow Origins too closely, but I don't feel like they're that far behind. Mm-hmm. Especially since these aren't supposed to be out for like four to six months, depending yeah. on factory timing and everything. Um, yeah. I know that's probably not a great answer for you, Mike, but that's what I got. I I don't feel they're that far behind. Yeah, I, I don't keep up with them, to be completely honest myself. But I know usually when the announcement is made, it will be on the front page of those websites. Because the last time, like uh, the Snake Armor He-Man and stuff, that was like front page material on DBTS yeah. when I went on there and I got not the too email. long ago. Yeah, so... So I, it's mostly we. I guess the the answer that I'll give you is, we live in an age where the news comes out faster than the retailers. Sometimes will be able to give you a legit listing. So just you know, be a little patient, see what happens in maybe a month or so, and then yeah. uh, you might you might end up finding out that they are being listed. So yeah, I think dip, I think Deep Discount really just jumped the gun on their listings. Well, they, they did that when the Revelation stuff was hitting. Like, we saw that stuff months before we finally got to see the figures, but they were listed on there as we at least knew who the figures would be because the yep. names were out there at least. So so uh, thank you, Mike, for writing in on that one. And then Jacob Hicks wrote in with, with recent comments and leaks of products, the product reveals in Germany, and then Mattel putting two waves, in, two waves on Mattel mm-hmm. creations on... Godlin release day. What's your opinion on the future of the franchise? So we kind of covered this a little bit already, but it seems <laughs> great to me. I, uh, I they, say, they actually said at the PowerCon that I attended the last true one, that was 2021, that their plan was for all waves to be available on Mattel Creations. So actually they're a bit behind on fulfilling that promise from you know, a year and a half ago. Um, other than that, like I said, they keep their stuff mostly sells out. I know Darkling is still available and the four pack still available that, but everything else is all sold out. They're showing off all these pictures. We forgot about that. They did show off the snake mountains a little bit. And there was a glimpse of a talent fighter in the background yeah. that mm-hmm. people are assuming is a new one. Um, I mean, companies don't release play sets for dying lines. They might release some figures that they had in the in the chamber, but they're not going to release a freaking shelf hog like Snake Mountain if the line was truly dying. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I I feel really good about it. Mm-hmm. That, and I, I'm right there with you where, you know, like, we, we we aren't the ones who are buying this line, but the people who are buying these lines are passionate about these lines. And I think that's the main thing is like, there's always that, oh God, it's over. They're in the clearance aisle. Well, they're in the clearance aisle because they've been on the, sh- on the pegs for like X amount of months to a year. And so they're moving them out so the new stuff can come in usually. It's not necessarily that the, the line is dying. And you know, we're on YouTube and stuff. The one YouTube uh, 
creator, content creator, does not mean that it's the end of the world and we have to be chicken little out there. It's that was his opinion. And uh, there's a lot of people who are coming back saying, well, that's not what I heard. And that's, you know, yeah. so you don't have to listen to that. Just, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, they have more waves in than I even remembered them having like us talking about the wave. Now I'm like, how many waves are we in? So yeah, I, I think the, the thing is how fast this stuff hits. That's yeah. the main thing. It's like, we're, we're now used to, it's a new wave every quarter or whatever. And it's like, that's pretty crazy. Like how fast these things are getting pumped out nowadays. Um, but yeah, the, the future to me, yeah, I, I don't see them stopping anytime soon, especially not with revolution coming around the corner and hopefully a season four of the CGI show. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, thank you, Jacob for that. And then Curtis Ackerman, um, yeah. he says you were in the eighties working for Mattel and you have been tasked making a new heroic figure to fight with He-Man against Skeletor. You need a cool action feature and name for the character. What are they? And that's the one where I thought maybe we will have to table that and think about yeah, it. Yeah, we got to right. table that. I we'll don't table that for next read time, the Curtis. questions beforehand. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get to that next episode. Sounds good. Thank you, Curtis. And Jay, I always hate to say his last name because I feel like I'm going to say it wrong. Gra- Gravati? Gravat? Um, I like Gravati. Gravati? It, 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 has, it has like a little bit of something to that one. Um, what are you expecting from O2 Revolution? What? <laughs> <laughs> <Mind> blown. <laughs> Not really. I was... Uh, expecting or hoping for because uh, that's kind of where uh, at first mm-hmm. I wanted to go hoping for but like what I usually hope for is unfortunately not what we get Yeah. so I will go with my actual expecting because that's how he worded it um, I expect King Gray or King Grayskull King Randor to die and then it'll be very much Adam trying to figure out how to be a king with the horde taken over. Um, and I expect something, not a direct ripoff, but very much akin, a spiritual successor to kind of the back half of the Eternity War DC Comics run where the horde is slowly taking over Eternia and Adam's got to come to terms with all that and try and fight back against them. Uh, very much the heroic warriors as the rebellion and po- probably Despara, uh eventually becoming She-Ra and helping Adam turn the, turn the tide. Mm-hmm. That's what I expect from Revolution. And maybe not even all that in that, because I think it's only five episodes yeah, to begin with. It's five, so that's a, that's a lot of ground to cover in five. Well, what I was about to say time. is, I think I don't think Revolution's going to have a happy ending. I expect this to be the Empire Strikes Back. So part of that will be in another five episodes that we don't know about yet. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I just, again, what I expect, I have this feeling that they're setting this up 
longer than five episodes. So I'm not expecting a self-contained. I'm expecting this to end with Han and Carbonite and we're going, what the hell are we going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, so probably about, so the five episodes will be Death of King Randor, Skeletor probably trying to take over, but Hordak slipping in and really messing everything up. And then maybe at the end of the five episodes, like He-Man and the Rebellion have their first kind of win. And it's like, okay, what now? Mm -hmm. That's what I expect from I'll go with, I expect Powerhouse to bring out some really cool animation again. I expect Bear McCreary to show me that the the score for He-Man doesn't have to always be filmation because I, I think that score really is impressive and it really holds up. And I think I expect five episodes and I also expect, according to what they've said, that He-Man will be way more in these five episodes than he got to have the chance to be in Revelation. So right off the bat, you have my attention. And if yes. Chris Wood shows back up to play He-Man and Adam again, you got my money because I really enjoyed him playing both roles in uh, Revelation as well. I agree. Can we so, recast Tila though? I don't know. I I am not in disagreement with you on that one because I feel like there could have been some other voice actresses who could have probably voiced that yeah. a little gentler at times because she had a very like her delivery was not not it was the way like- that I could hear it in my head. Listen I mean, to let's be drums. honest. Let's just call a spade a spade. I don't dislike Sarah Michelle Geller. She's done a lot of great stuff that I've, I've liked. I really felt she was phoning in Tila. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't feel like she bought into the role. Mm-hmm. It really felt like, oh, I'm doing this cartoon right now. Mm-hmm. Like that old type of they hired me for my name. I'm going to read these lines. Let's do this. Yeah. Whereas, like Mark Hamill, he he was Skeletor in his mind. He's mm-hmm. he, he wanted the opportunity, he took it, and he did everything he could. You know, regardless of if you feel it feels too jokery, I get that criticism, but like he bought in. Chris yeah. bought in. Like yeah. you need your actors to buy in, and that's what I felt was missing from her. It really felt like I am reading this script. Yeah. So absolutely. I just want and, some passion. And, and, I mean, it, for me, MVP of that show still is Griffin Newman because I'll oh, be absolutely. damned if I actually loved Orko for the first time in my life watching that series. So, um, so yeah, uh, expectations. There you go. Thank you, Jay, for writing in. And then uh, Chris Geis or uh, Oz Stradamus Toys over on uh, on YouTube if you want to yep. check out his channel. Uh, what do you feel would be the right move to keep Motu in big box retail? Are they out of big box retail? I think it, it's the longevity of keeping them in there versus them being out of it. I like um, okay because I know I've heard some rumors, and I was even talking to someone earlier today about this. Who's like, yeah, they're gone from Target and Walmart, and I'm like. My stores have had the newest waves, so I know there's a bit of contention there, but mm-hmm. I mean, they just, they have to sell, right? So mm-hmm. if you guys want Origins, Masterverse, CGI to keep moving, buy them. Mm-hmm. Buy them from the stores. I think the problem is 
that means people have to wait longer. Because obviously Mattel ships them all out. Your e-tailers get it. Your brick and mortar distribution centers get them. So then at that time, brick and mortar stores, they're moving them from their distribution center to the stores, whereas e-tailers are shipped now in stock. Mm -hmm. So they automatically get a good month lead time. And of course, we're in the got to get it now, right? Yep. And so everyone ships them. And so then once they show up in stores, they sit there longer you know, the stuff that wasn't as readily available that sold out of the e-tailers, that moves pretty quick. But your basic figures are sitting there because us ravenous fans already bought them. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing you can do. Wait for the brick and mortar stores to get it. Unfortunately, that's also a gamble. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to turn my eyes to that because Walmart especially skips waves. They'll skip wave three, they'll get four and five, they'll skip wave six, they'll get seven. You know, Target, I feel, has been a little bit better since they started carrying them. I've seen just about everything there, but, you know, but honestly, at the end of the day, you want them to stay in the brick and mortars. They got to sell the majority of them. Mm. Some will still go to clearance. Clearance is not a line killer like people think it is. I regularly see Fortnite and all that, you know, Legos and clearance, like clearance happens, but as a whole, the, the store has to sell the majority of what they bring in. There you go. <laughs> I don't have a better answer than that. I mean, it's obviously just, you know, go out there and speak with your wallet and yep. That will be proof that the line is still out there and, and you know viable to yep. the the retailer and stuff. So, um, and the, that's the thing too. There's so like we have Origins, we have Masterverse, and we have the CGI. There's so much out there yep. that you can pick or choose whichever one you want to support, or if you want to support them all. And Mattel's going to at least go, okay, you know, the, these are selling. The, there are There is an audience still that wants this stuff. And so, I mean, personally, it's like I wouldn't mind seeing more at retail that's maybe not what we have right now. Maybe something else even down the line. And I would love if, if that was speaking to me a little bit more than what is out there. So then I'd be excited to go to Target and go, ooh, I need to get this one now or whatever. Um but that's a pipe dream for me because they already are invested in these three lines. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's the only thing that makes sense to me is speak with your wallet at, at the big box uh, chain stores like that. Then. Absolutely. Any more? That's it. So thank right. you everybody who responded. And that was a fast turnaround for the fact that I did that late last night. We still managed to get a couple of and that's questions. Awesome. Only in our Legend Dottie group. So if you yes. want to ask us questions, make sure you join our Legend Dottie group on Facebook. All right. Masterverse. Masterverse. If you have not read it, you want to stay spoiler free. Thank you, guys. And until next time. All right. Now that all those losers are gone. <laughs> now the cool kids can talk. Yeah. Cool kids. <laughs> all right. Masterverse. Number one. Script, Tim Seeley. 
the framing story art with it was Eddie Nunez, color was Rico Renzi, and letters by Darone Bennett. Uh, Darone did the lettering for all of it, so yes. Uh, story one Curse of Castle Grayskull, art by Kelly Jones, color art by Brennan Wagner. And the second story was He Man the Lost, with art by Sergio Aragonas, and color art again by Rico Renzi. Uh, framing story. It's there. Not much of a setup. Mm-hmm. Zodak's questioning why Adam should keep the power. And Sorceress is going to show him some other alternate He-Men to show why Adam deserves it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, kind of a weak plot, but I love the anthologiness of it. So I, I had a thought. Right as we started recording that I want to throw out there to you and see if this is something uh, that that would have been a better idea. I'm almost remastering how timelines work here. Sure. What if this was the comic that would have came out before the multiverse comic hit with anti-attorney He-Man? The reason being is we're going through multiverse. We're seeing all these different versions and that could have set them up a hell of a lot better than anything they did in the the multiverse book, where all of a sudden we have the he force at the end. Yeah. Imagine this being the beginning of that, and then the next one being the anti Eternia, and we had Sergio Aragones He Man showing up to save the day, and you're going, "Hey, that's the dude from first issue of this." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely would have been better. I'm just saying that that was like one of my knee jerk reactions reading it today. Like this is backwards. The timeline in this is backwards, but um, yeah, the setup was pretty weak. Like I kind of was thinking the setup was going to be, maybe there was something Adam did as he man to make them question. This is something that maybe isn't a great idea. And instead it was, he's still protecting castle Grayskull. He punched out Skeletor. Bad guys ran away. I'll get you next time. And all that stuff. And and scene, it, and then there's Zodak, you know. And it was kind of fun seeing that in the Revelation style because that's Absolutely. something we didn't get. But yeah, it's it's very basic. Uh, but any Eddie Nunez's art is amazing. So oh, uh, we I mean, need I'm to get him on it. a book. We need to get him on a on a on a at least a mini series that's all from front to back his art. I would eat that thing up in a second because I he's just got it. He knows what I works. I think he's got one coming up in this series. That I hope so. If not, I'm still okay with it being the bookends because yeah. he still he he draws a gorgeous anything in Masters, in my opinion, for for the new the new talent that's been coming to the line at least or to the brand in the comics field. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um, so then the first story was Curse of Castle Grayskull. I love this one. <laughs> I, I really, that. <laughs> I really did. Um, it's the, the, the dark color palette, the art is really, I really like that art. Um, it's, it's a simple story. But I also didn't see it coming. No, no, neither so, did I. It starts I, with he. It's it's a Prince Adam he man or Prince Adam he man. 
Prince Adam, Tila, and Orko are riding on what they say to a mission. Yeah. And they get ambushed by Skeletor and his evil warriors. And Adam's first well, number one, it's it's got a ton of references. You mm-hmm. know. Uh the moon of Phantos, the Oh, I forget all of them. Like they really did their homework on that. And uh, yeah, they, they wind they, up on the dark side of Eternia in this abandoned town. Mm-hmm. And Adam's trying to escape everybody. Webstore shows up. Scare- that Webstore looked vicious. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Scareglow shows up. And all the time, Adam's kind of doing this inner monologue like he's got to... He's got to get away from Tila and Orko so that he can save them or keep Mm -hmm. them safe. And, of course, I'm thinking, you know, oh, it's the evil warriors, you know. But as we go along, he keeps – he stays at him. He stays at him until finally Scareglow grabs Orko and is going to kill him. Oh, Orko sings Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Driel and him song. Yeah. Yes, from Great. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, they're going here. That's like so sicky sweet. But then it worked within the confines of the story. I, oh, I was and kind of surprised by that. Yeah, Batrus was like a vampire in this one. It literally like coming out of a crypt. Yep. Yeah. But then, so finally, Adam's up against the wall. Scarecrow's got Orko. He pulls the power sword and transforms into Castle Grayskull Man. And he says, by the horror of Grayskull, I am the horror. Yes. Which it's like, didn't see that coming. Because what I love that they I did know. that. The one page, it's like, by the horror of Grayskull. And you're like, what the crap? And then we I read it the three next times. <laughs> I'm like, what is about to happen here? Yeah. And then I, fl- same t- I flip the page and it's uh, him all yeah. animalistic at... I love yeah. this. I love this origin for Castle Grayskull Man. Yeah, like that this works. is so much better than just I'm this overpowered character that sleeps in Castle Grayskull. Yeah, yeah. And he literally sucks Scareglow's soul mm-hmm. out of him, but at a price. As it then turns Adam into this zombified character. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it, it, he, it's like it, it, 
fed Castle Gray, like Castle Grayskull's like this vampire that feeds on power. Yeah. It's eating Adam up. It's a, it's like feeds on life forces or yeah. soul or whatever, which I mean, considering people thought Grayskull is a weird place to have the heroes yeah. headquarters when they were a kid or, or their parents when they were a kid, maybe thinking that it's like yeah, they played it up nicely that. that I, I like like this. I didn't expect this to be the uh, to, like this version to be one where I'm like, I would actually want to come back here and see some more stories with what that deal is with this version of Eternia. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it is like, it, it's like um, spawn back in the, the beginning of spawn. Every time he used his power, he was closer to a second death. And it's kind of yep. that whole thing of if Adam has to be a hero, if he can't fight it as Adam and he has to rely on the power of the horror of Grayskull, then holy crap, that guy's going to die sooner than later, depending what kind of stuff the tourney is up against. Yeah. Every time, every time he uses it, it takes a little more out of him yep. is what I took. Cause he says, but I used the power in the castle fed now renewed. It grows stronger as the light of the single soul, keeping it in check fades. Mm-hmm. So eventually he's going to die. And then Castle Grayskull is actually like this evil force, which like yeah. said, is totally ripping on that whole misconception there yep. from when, you know, when we were young and our parents and everything. And it just, it's a nice, tight, compact story, great art, atmospheric. And I didn't see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> so. I th- I thought the first story was excellent. It's like I said, it's one I want to come back to, and yeah. I mean that's that's the main thing for me. Even with the multiverse comic, uh, going back to that for a second, it's like we we were given these like windows into these worlds, and I'm like, you can't just do this. And basically, it's it's like you know you're giving you know, giving us some blue balls. Basically, like this is a great idea. What else could you do? But we are we going to come back to that or not? I have a feeling we're not. And what we got of this is definitely like that's a huge amount of fuel to the imagination. The same with uh, I said it earlier, Rudy Obrero's art when we were kids. Like you know, he was giving you enough to have your imagination run wild. The idea of this, where Adam is literally like going to die defending Eternia if he keeps yeah. relying on the power or the horror of Grayskull. It's like, that's pretty freaking cool. Uh, oh, I mean, like, I don't want to see him die, but it's pretty freaking cool that they're making that as like an addendum to the deal now or whatever, yep. you know? And it's, and it's just a simple, like you said, it's fuel for the imagination. It doesn't try to do anything huge, world ending. No. Nope. Everything's changing. It's just like, here's this Eternia. Yeah. And they came up with a nice, neat little twist on it. And mm-hmm. they gave us just a simple little half a comic book adventure this was tuesday this was their tuesday or some days you just need tuesday (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) all right sean why don't you start telling us (laughs) about the second story he-man the lost he-man the lost epic title yeah epic title um He-Man the Lost is basically a... I almost look at it as like um, like a Venture Brothers or Harley Quinn on HBO Max style 
take on the origin story of He-Man. Um, it, it, the artwork, the artwork is one of those things that tips you off. It, it's not meant to be taken seriously. It's meant to be a parody, and it it's basically here is this barbarian who's in a jungle tribe. And when he ends up by accident saving the green goddess, she asks what his name is. And he goes, well, they usually point to me and say, he man. So he becomes he man. He's given all of the, the various accoutrements to become he man, like the, the chest harness and the, the power harness and all the weapons and the battle ram. And uh, he goes up against Skeletor and Skeletor in this version reminds me of something out of Cartoon Network or like I said, Venture Brothers or Harley Quinn, where anytime somebody comes up against him, it's like, eh, I don't care. Boom. And he just blows it up and uh, he blows up the battle or him, the Wind Raider, and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Even the stilts. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> she, Green Goddess is like, wait a minute. You didn't stop him with the stilts. They have guns on them. How did you not do that? <laughs> And and long story short, it, it's just a giant parody leading up to them deciding to play PlayStation in Castle Grayskull at the end. And that's that version of He-Man on that world. They... Everything is a joke. Everything is set up to be a parody yes. of what we love. And it's not even it's not even like a homoerotic version of it. It's just flat out. This is probably the baseline of what most parents thought of the line when we were kids. That's the way I see it, at least. Yeah, it's very... The art style is very, like, Sunday Funnies comic strip. Yeah. Like, it's very simple. Almost even, um, like, Popeye. Like, kind of those over-exaggerated proportions and... It's, it, it reminds, like, he, Sergio Aragones did, uh, grew the barbarian or grow, grow, G R O O the barbarian, if I remember right. And he had a very Sunday, uh, Sunday funnies. Um, I, I, I don't know the best combination. It, it's almost like if Farside met Garfield. Or something. Right, that's or what, just a kind of classic it, 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 do, comic uh, Bloom County kind of vibe, yeah. And it, it's not something like I know he did a variant cover in one of the miniseries recently, and it, it's not something I'd ever equate to Masters of the Universe. And it's it's definitely like his style works only within the confines of this story to tell that story. It's not something I would want to see in an ongoing in any way, shape, or form, because it's not meant to be taken seriously. It's not meant to be no, the legit no. version. So, the so it's very much a parody. The whole thing's just a joke. And yeah, I found myself laughing. I, like, I did. <laughs> I, because it's in this art style. It's mm-hmm. in, like, they're saying, what if He-Man was you know, they ran it on Sundays instead of Hagar the Horrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the vibe I get from it. And like anything Masters, I feel as long as you lean into it and commit, it can be good. And I enjoyed the hell out of this story. <laughs> I was I was laughing. I was 
you know, and they, they, they've got that basic through line of the He-Man and the Power Sword world, you know, Great yep. Wars, Barbarian Tribe. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, Battle Cat looking like your typical comic tiger mm-hmm. and chasing He-Man trying to eat him and they fall down and they beat the shaggy monster and the goddess, oh, you beat him. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yep. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I I enjoyed it, and yeah, she's like, "Here's all your stuff," and you know, oh, this war saddle for your equally heroic steed, my steed. Oh mm-hmm. yes, my steed. He would <laughs> never eat me. Yeah, <laughs> since we're good friends, and I'm his boss, and all. <laughs> you know, and then they get to the battle, and they even they even poke fun at the property, right? Because when they get back. Skeletor's got the power swords. He's trying to enter Grayskull. He's fighting Tila, Man-at-Arms, and Stratos again. And he's like, Bah! You are no match for me before I collected new evil warriors. Like Merman and Panthor! (laughs) (laughs) It's so that what? Yeah, pick them up at your local Toys R Us. Collect them all. I'm actually surprised that they pulled away from going full force with with, with throwing in the, like, collect them all! They're yeah. in stores now, like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and this is, of course, Sean's favorite part ever. And I, the part I spoiled today for he Matt. Did spoil it for me. <laughs> Skeletor sticks the sword in to open the jawbridge of Castle Grayskull, and now this keep will have its king. Suck a fart, Eternia. <laughs> <laughs> Not oh. in line I ever, ever, ever imagined hearing in a Masters of the Universe anything, including cartoon, movie, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it made me it made me stop and I'm like, really? And then the other part of me was like, that's kind of funny because I'm picturing I'm hearing it in the CGI Skeletor voice, which made it better. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I was going Alan Oppenheimer, but still, it's like. Mm hmm. And then, yeah, He-Man starts pulling out all his weapons. He's like, the battle ram is part catapult, part battering ram, and part space. Skirt, sure, sure, And Skeletor yeah. blows it up. The Wind Raider, he blows it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? And I, I love oh. that the, the sorceress, or the green goddess, is like, anytime you need anything to enhance your powers, yeah. just let me know. And it's like, you, it, it blows up, and he's like, uh... Green goddess, and then she brings something else, and then the next one's like, uh, and he's like more and more timid about asking for things because they keep getting blown up within seconds. <laughs> when, my favorite part, and the Silt, Silt Stalker thing was great yeah. too, but yeah. my favorite was when she brings out the attack track, unstoppable <laughs> battle machine, and Skeletor goes, Sigh, I'm gonna Shurzak it. yeah that's the noise yeah there's a word for those the folly or whatever noise yeah uh, yeah the the onomatopoeia noise or whatever you want to right right. (laughs) (laughs) that she brings out the stilt stalker oh no so tall whatever shall i do shrek it (laughs) (laughs) oh no i uh and then, and then uh, yeah, the last thing she brings the the play box in a crate of munchors. Munchors, and so then, uh, th- yeah, there was this line in the beginning of the story where where uh, he's 
he's be, like the one of the village uh yeah. old uh, the the village elder is like take this to the trash area and he's like i don't want to take it to the trash area what they didn't do that back in the old days before the great war and they're like well now we do it go take it there or whatever and so he has to take it out and he's like i've heard of them using uh warriors on glass to to fight and, and create the, you know who battled across uh, glass with their across fingers. glass with fingers and and I, I was like, "What? Is, what is he talking about?" And then at the end of the story, you find out it's video games. Which then yes. I'm like, "That's actually a really profoundly eloquent way of explaining what a video game could be if you didn't want to just go. Well, you push buttons, you know. Yeah. Like it, I kind of dug the way they did that because then it ended up being a thing at the end of the story, which did I, not expect that at all. There, so. I originally thought he was talking. I thought it was a filmation reference. When they would play like the chess game That's, in yeah. the courtyard is more yeah. what I was thinking. But yeah, yeah, then I liked how it came back to actually mean yeah, they, there's video games because once <laughs> He Man gets the the play box, Skeletor is like, hey, you know, I I saw this big glass screen in the castle. You could go, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he and then they start the arguing munchies. about who's player one and who's yeah. player two. <laughs> Well, I and I like that where he's like, he's like, well, I don't mind if I'm player two, and then he's like, wait a minute, I should be player one. I'm the most powerful man in the universe. And, I'm and the king, it, though. Yeah, and then and then you see uh, Battle Cat ripping into the Munchors, and he finally won't eat He Man for that reason. He's at least fed for the day. So, but yeah, on second thought, I should be player one. I'm the most powerful man in the universe. <laughs> I'm the king, though. I think you need a face to be a king. (laughs) What exactly started the Great Wars, by the way? (laughs) I like that implication. It's like clearly a video game disagreement is what caused Eternia to nuke itself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They didn't have social media, so the least they could give them was video games. Because social media would have done it faster. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you so. know, I I thought this story knocked out the part. It was fast. It was fun, and it, it was it was funny. That, mm-hmm. like you said before, you, I love that you brought up the homoerotic thing because that's like the place to go with He Man, mm-hmm. right? Oh, look, they've got to be gay. You know, yeah. got to be a homoerotic. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. And they, they, I mean, they still leaned into taking some shots at kind of the the camp of it, but it mm-hmm. it was just funny. It was just yeah. good fun, and I I enjoyed it again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I went into this uh, first issue the most like because uh, honestly, Tim Seeley is is hit or miss for me yes. on writing masters at this point. He. I didn't mind the um, the the Masters Injustice crossover, and the the only reason I didn't mind that was the way he the way he wrote He Man made me go, "That's how Superman should be written right now." Like he did a really good job, and depending on the situation, both characters should have a similar um, optimism and a similar a similar vibe to them, where it's like they're there to help, you know, just like Superman would say. But um, I was not a fan of the multiverse book at all. Um, I, I, I mean, my favorites were the 2000X and the, the uh, like mini comic versions 
because uh, yeah. I, I just I went into that with too many preconceived ideas in my own head canon. But at the end of the day, I just did not like the idea that one issue all of a sudden, like all the answers were given, but we didn't even know we had these questions until the it's like he force and uh, yeah. what the hell. Um, this was such a departure from me being worried about it that it makes me actually excited for the next issue because it really is like, what can they do with this now? And it is kind of a wacky idea. And my my owning to it is very minimal compared to here's anti-attorney He-Man for the first time showing up. Um, so on that level, I I was very surprised how well this accomplished what it set out to do. <laughs> I completely agree. I I had higher expectations than you did. I was still worried that it was going to try and be something bigger than it is. And after this first issue, that worry is kind of gone because it really mm-hmm. doesn't feel like they're, like I said, I just wanted some good stories. And that's what these two both were. I enjoyed both of them immensely. Um, I'm curious to see what other looks we'll get at out of these worlds. The, about the only thing they could do is try to tie all everything together at the end. Mm-hmm. I hope it just like I hope it just what it says it is. It's these snapshots in the different Eternias. Mm-hmm. Two stories an issue, you know, four issues, eight stories total, and we're in, we're out. Yeah. That that's my hope is that they just stick to that. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to see where this series is going. Yeah, I like I said, my 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 thing is I really wish that this would have been before multiverse because that would have made that book even more interesting to me because we could have gone back to the Sergio Aragones uh, Masters of the Universe world again, had him be along for the ride instead of the um, tappers, the tappers he made yep. driving everybody crazy or, you know, have, have the Adam who doesn't want to turn into He-Man having to turn into He-Man one last. I mean, that would have been a hell of a moment where like you talk about heroism just the idea of, you know, all ships are down. Somebody has to fight anti-attorney He-Man. He leaves himself behind. And by the horror of Grayskull, boom. And that's like the final time he could do it. But it's it, it's meant yeah. to give everybody else time to get away from the big bad or something. It's like oh, there's was- stuff built into this that now would have been awesome payoffs if they had it in that miniseries. And unfortunately, it's cart before the horse, in my opinion. And it is what it is. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like, I'm sure that that was not necessarily planned. And the other problem, I guess, too, is that was DC. This is Dark Horse doing this one. So it, it wouldn't necessarily yeah. uh, translate the same but no, way. But I completely get what you're saying. I agree. Yeah. With you. Like, that would have even been a better framing story if it was like Zodak's like, oh, this is, we have this, have this premonition, a great evil's coming. I yeah. need to gather a force. We need to look beyond just one Eternia. We need to look at them all. Yeah, and then you go into all these worlds and leads up to that. And I would have yeah. loved the uh, grew the He Man showing mm-hmm. up as the comic relief rather than freaking Tappers. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Instead of eighty-seven movie He Man giving up his life to save them, there that would have been, you know, the horror, the of horror Grayskull Adam. Yeah, that's horror Grayskull. holding him at bay. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's I, interesting I almost, to me? 
is on the final <laughs> panel there, you know, Sorcerer, Zodak's like, yeah, we need to look at some more because we got three more issues, basically. Yes. And Sorcerer's like, yeah, yeah, sit down in your chair. We got this. And then she shows Battle Armor He-Man, Jitsu, Skeletor, and the He-Man from the New Eternia line. Mm-hmm. But then she also shows CGI Adam, Cringer, and Ram Man. Yep. Which is interesting. Because I know we've we've read the story narrative or the like the plots. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, are one of those actually going to be set in the CGI universe? I'd say it's possible with that because why would they put them on there if that wasn't an eventuality in the books? But I, I only read the synopsis for the first two issues, if I remember right. So right. maybe it's in the, the third or the fourth issue. It had to be. Because um, the next one, I think, is dealing... One story deals with the New Eternia, and then yeah. the, like the basic, and then the other one's supposed to do battle armor and jitsu. Okay. So... The, the one the thing... The one thing I did notice that uh, I don't know if it was a mistake or if it was actually meant to be that way. If you look at Cringer for the CGI show, he's got fangs, though. He doesn't have them filed down like he does on the show. So I'm just curious if that's going to be like almost they're sidestepping CGI and doing, well, this is a battle cat that's now not the same as what we know on the show. Same as like how these other ones have a little something off about them. So they yeah. aren't the versions we know. Um, I, it's just a little thing I just noticed. I'm not saying that that's going to tell the story or, 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 you know, tip the hand of what that story might be. But when I saw that, I'm like, I wonder if he forgot to do that or not. But eh, it, it, it is what I was it is. I like that it's ar- there. Artistic interpretation. Well, it could, it could be thought. that too. Um, but yeah, it made me happy to see like that's that's probably the first time that i could think of where the cgi show is represented in the comics lore now yeah so i'm like okay that's kind of cool and if if that issue actually does make people go you know what i might try the show now you know and, and i'm i'm always a fan of if if you like he-man give it a shot yeah well, that's what well that's what i was interested in i'm wondering if it's just going to be a straight like cgi adventure or if it's going to be like the cgi with a twist I, or if it's yeah. Or if they just threw it there, just like you said, just to show, like, hey, this is a universe out there. Yeah. Because every other story either has to do with the mass, the, the new Eternia toys, mm-hmm. which are kind of their own canon that hasn't been explored, or like in these issues, just these random, mm-hmm. hey, what about this twist? Yeah. So it's just interesting that they're the ones that are pulled like straight out of their show, looks like. In the comic, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, and I mean, it, it does look like whatever the decision is will affect the Revelation version of Masters. True. So, I mean, it's like they made a point of that on the CGI show to make you see that Adam giving the power back is a very important part of the character compared to like I'm, we 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 know it's happened in Filmation. We know it's happened in all the other versions. But that was part of him, like in the in the previous in the final season that we've gotten so far. Yeah. 
like that was part of him finally like unleashing the cosmic version of himself was giving the power away was probably the bravest thing he could have done. And so I'm wondering if, if that is a pivot point in the story where Zodak's going to see that version of Adam and, and go, that makes sense. That's why this kid needs this or whatever. And then it bleeds into that, that reality's version. It, like I said, it might not even, I might be putting way more thing into it than, than not, but it yeah. is interesting that they're right there on that final page. For sure. So out of five power swords. Out of five power swords, I would give it I hmm. For the fact that I did not expect to uh, to have fun with it the way I did, I I'll I'll go four out of five on this one only because it's still new. I, I like I almost want to see what happens. It's given me enough to make me want to read more, which that's a good thing. Um but I'm very curious to see the other ones because there is a part of me. I, I think it's funny that the parody is there, but parody stuff for me is not as much fun as getting like the serious stuff. So as fun as that is, it's like I, I'm looking forward to the new attorney stuff that's coming up around the corner for the, the comic more than some of the, the the parodies. So but four out of five eight it's an entertaining read. It makes you laugh. It makes you go like, holy crap, Castle Grayskull, man, you know, and all that. And like the darkness and the sinisterness of that world, the horror world or whatever you want to call it. And so, yeah. What about you? Uh, I completely agree. Four out of five. <laughs> well, out, well above average, much better than I expected. And I can't wait to see what's next. I mean, you nailed it on all fronts. It's, it's not perfect, but it's damn close. Like, mm-hmm. I, this is a solid read. I would recommend it to any fan of Masters of the Universe. Um, you should be able to find some some humor in the second one. The first one's just well done. Uh, it's very good. But the, the, the only thing I can take off for is, like I said, the framing story just feels so generic it it doesn't detract points, but it doesn't add either. It's just, and this it, is our excuse. It, it's it, it, not sorry, not to interrupt, but but like Tim's Tim's uh, CLE when he writes stuff, there's always this feeling of if you. I hate saying this because it's not like we're we're paid to write or anything like that, but there is this like if you would have just maybe took two steps further into what you were doing. This could have been an interesting story within and of itself without needing to be a framing device. Because like I said, that whole idea of why do they need to look at Adam? Like that's just like a, we've given this kid power. Why? And it's like, well, show us a reason why Zodak would doubt that. It's not just, even in 2000 X Zodak wasn't nearly as hard on him as what's happening here. It was more of a, he's a comrade i'll deal with it kind of a situation at points well this this being Mike cosmic Dung's and so yeah all right i'll give you that he's a whole different thing like yeah. he's definitely got his vendettas he's got yeah. like he's he's an Eternian with yeah. mystical powers like he's much more knee deep into this than the cosmic enforcer mm-hmm. true 
that this Zodak is obviously pulling from. So, but I I agree. I think, well, one of two ways. Like you said, digging deeper, have a reason for Zodak to question it, Mm -hmm. you know, a legitimate reason. Or go the other way. You know, I brought it up when we were, when we were discussing this before it came out was the Batman animated series episode, Tales of the Dark Knight, where it's kids sitting around telling these different stories that they've heard about Batman. And one is like very much the, the campy Adam West stuff. One kid talks about him very much in the Dark Knight Returns style and like, you know, do that sort of thing. You know, even you could even have like, you know, this, I mean, literally put them around a campfire, have some kids. And maybe like Man at Arms and Mechanic. And Man at Arms tells a story. You know, mm-hmm. they entertain the kids. You know, maybe they just rescued the kids from Skeletor. You know, whatever. They saved their village. Yeah. And they're talking to these kids. And Man at Arms tells a story. And then, or even have an Orko to start with. And then Orko tells that goofy story. Mm-hmm. Right? And then next issue, like somebody else joins a fire. And they tell a story. And just like have it go down like... Just, mm-hmm. you know, have Malakta there just for fun, you know, and he's like, well, this is the story that I heard about He-Man and it's just all these different characters perspective yeah. on He-Man in an entertaining way. So, yeah, either one way or the other, I would have been good with either digging deeper, make it more serious or just make it fun. Mm-hmm. Like this is just what Eternians do. You know, we sit, well, not us personally. But, you know, we sit and talk about, like, the the Kardashian sisters. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that kind of thing. Like, oh, the yeah. He-Man. Like, you know, he's a bigger-than-life guy. They uh, The Eternians have to have stories about him. Did the power of, Gr- or the horror of Grayskull just uh, <laughs> sweep across your... Huh? You good? And there goes his audio. We'll be right back, folks! Don't worry, folks. We got him back. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yes, great comic. Minor issues, really. I suggest everybody pick it up. Yeah, I think uh, my only thing was saying to you before we recorded that colloquialisms—if I even said that right. Is a little annoying at times, but it doesn't happen as much as I, for some reason, it didn't happen as often as I was expecting it to. But there is one line where it talks about feed or seeding. And I was like, really? That, that, I don't, I don't know, know why. why. It's, it's the, 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 like, Tim Seeley loves to drop that kind of stuff into his work. But, yeah. um, it, it's like, they, it could have easily just been, you know, Zodak, pull up a chair and let's watch. And him, he could have said the exact same thing back to her like he did. But that's just one panel. It's a minor complaint on my part. It is what it is. Um, the Suckafart attorney part still amuses me even right now. So I can't. I, 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 it's like literally I'm thinking of that. I actually want to watch a that was like their Thundercats roar. Watch yeah. it with reading that comic. That was like Thundercats roar where it's like. You know, I could just hear the voice of how they would do Skeletor. I could see the animation and all that. And it just, 
It's like, I would not want that to be my full blown He-Man cartoon series forever. But if they yep. did a single episode like that, I would sit there and point and laugh at it and go, that was great. I needed a laugh, you know? <laughs> I completely agree. I can't wait to see what's next and beyond. I mean, this, this should be, should be great going forward. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that strong. Knock and on then wood. just bring back a monthly comic. Just not not dealing with end of the world or anything like that. I mean, Eternity War was uh, was a great series. I love it, but I, I'm good with end of the world stuff. Mm-hmm. Just let's just do adventures. It can build the big events, but it doesn't have to be world ending every time. Everything changes. Secrets are out. Like I love just. A, a good ongoing. Right. I, I saw at the local comic shop today that Power Rangers from Boom Comics, they're up to issue 105. And mm-hmm. I remember when that started up, and it's like, man, if, if Power Rangers can do it, like, why can't He-Man, especially with all the cast of characters and everything else? It's like, we just look big picture and try and create something with longevity and legs, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, that's, that's what my biggest complaint is. And the, and why I have a hesitation of even investing money into a, a mini series, even with masters of the universe right now, everything since it's been reintroduced in comics, like what was that? 10 years ago now or so with the, the Huntsman storyline of Adam as a yeah, since the, since DC brought it back, and it's like, you know, am I happy to see He-Man back in the comic book stores yep. and on comic shelves? Sort of, because it feels like a, a majority of what they want to do with the brand now after Eternity War ended is gimmicks. And I'm not a gimmicky person. I don't like. I don't even care about the 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 action features on uh, action figures if it hinders me enjoying the action figure. So I'm not a huge fan of reading gimmick stories. So like you know, this is this is kind of like a fun palate cleanser after multiverse didn't land for me, and I was not a fan of uh, the prequel books by any means either that that was like what the hell are they writing in this why is evil lynn's parents trying to eat her this is ridiculous yeah. um, and it just ra- it raised more questions what the series oh yeah answered like the the series makes less sense if you consider yes. those prequels canon absolutely <laughs> um and, and yeah it, it, i i wanted to believe that those were going to be great and the first issue of those was very much like ooh like where are they going with this and then the second third and fourth were like okay i got nothing so that's the thing like i i would and and it's hard like okay do we do a multiverse book where we're getting to see all these different versions or or maybe they could do like here's here's a book that's about the new Eternia and giving fans like a mythology to that story since they are changing some things up. Maybe here's like a savage version of He-Man, like the mini comics, and here's more of like a superhero version of He-Man like we grew up with or whatever. And, it, you know, it's like if they have three toy lines out there, it isn't that far-fetched to think that you could do multiple stories with a He-Man book eventually or whatever. And I'd re- that's, if you want my money, 
take it seriously and just dive in and tell a story. And I, I'm right there with, with you, Matt, on that too, where it doesn't need to be world ending. I mean, it took 10 years or whatever and not, and not 10 years completely, but it took a while for Marvel to even get to the point where they had an infinity war, you know, like right. we don't need to start everything off with the stakes that high that you have nowhere else to go, but down from there. So yeah, telling an adventure story and just getting into it and, and showcasing and spotlighting some of these characters that don't get as much love and showing why they are good additions to being masters of the universe. I'm all in for that, but we'll see what happens because it feels like everything is a gimmick uh, that they're trying to do to keep the brand out there in the comic book stores. So I'm really hoping that they get over that and move forward with something serious. Hundred percent. Great. At least, at least the crossovers are done. <laughs> well, let's hope so. Who knows? I mean, Dark Horse. I'm trying to think. Dark Horse doesn't have the kind of characters in their their stable that I could see crossing over with He Man and working. Except, like Hellboy, maybe. But then you got to deal with Earth again. Like, I, I don't really need to see, and, and that's Mike Mignola. I mean, that, I don't know if that's even something that would make sense. Yeah, so. Not who they have anymore. They lost Star Wars, so. They lost Star so Wars. So close. So close. He-Man and Vader. Like, I, get, I get Dark Horse and what they do confused sometimes with IDW comics. So, I, yeah. yeah, I got, yeah. Hey, how about this? We could throw that out there to the listeners. If you've made it through to this spoiler section, if there is something Dark Horse-wise that makes sense for them to cross over, let us know. And it'd be interesting to spitball some of that. But like I said, my my gimmick temperament is coming to an end with this. I, I just would like a Masters of the Universe comic from beginning to end. So, I agree. All right, guys. I think it's about that time. Uh, make sure you hit all those buttons down below. We appreciate you tuning in with us. Uh, we want to spread our word far and wide. So like, share, subscribe, all that. We appreciate it. And uh, if you want to ask us questions, join our Legendati page most of the time, unless we know we're going to have a packed show. Sean will post something up there, or I will, asking for questions. Uh, you can also reach us at logpod85 at gmail.com, uh, like Tony Moore. Yep. Uh, let us know what you guys want to see. If you want to see more toy talk, more remasterings, whatever, we're open to ideas. And uh, next episode, Sean, episode 100. That's crazy. <laughs> we should probably do something. We'll talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to figure that one out. I got somebody got to bring cake. So. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I do love a good cake. All right, guys. Until next time, read a comic. Oh, come on.